Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on BlogTalkRadio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. If you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on BlogTalkRadio.com or even the BlogTalkRadio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Oh, need a minute to get something right with? But don't worry, I'll give the number again right after the commentary. Or if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I want to take a moment to talk to you about a heinous crime against humanity that plagues our nation, and yes, believe it or not, communities just like yours. Here's something you can do today to lend your support in the fight against human trafficking, also known as modern slavery. For example, Tanya was only 11 when she was forced to use her body for her own survival and the perverse desires of others. Now 18, Tanya knows no other life. She can't even remember when she was able to choose how she wanted to dress. Tanya dreams of being a teacher one day, and with the help of Bridge to Freedom programs and your support, they can empower her and others like her to move from surviving to thriving. You can make a huge difference in the life of a survivor this year through your support and donations to Bridge to Freedom Foundation. Bridge to Freedom is a nonprofit organization that provides aid to survivors of slavery who now live in the U.S., such as former child soldiers and victims of sex trafficking and forced labor. The cornerstone of Bridge to Freedom's work is personal and professional development to help survivors adapt and thrive in their new lives and communities and find work to support themselves. The Bridge to Freedom Foundation needs your support to help people just like Tanya. They need your urgent action to ensure that they can continue to provide clothing and health and beauty services to these survivors. These are not only important for rebuilding self-esteem, but are crucial to finding employment. They're also in great need of storage containers and clothing racks to organize and store donations. 
While donations of needed items are vital, one sure thing that will help to stop the spread of this injustice and prevent it from thriving undetected is educating yourselves about human trafficking or slavery and knowing the signs and the proper authorities to contact if you become aware of a victim in crisis. Find out more at BridgeToFreedomFoundation.org or if you have a reason to suspect that someone may be a victim of human trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center hotline on 1-888-373-7888. Multilingual call specialists are on standby 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. All calls are confidential. Welcome back, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and today we're actually going to welcome the founder of Bridge to Freedom and Executive Director Cassandra Clifford. Cassandra, welcome back to A Measure of Truth. Well, thanks for having me back, Michael. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. And um, tell us a little bit about um, what's been going on since we last talked with you. And but, but first, before you do that, give us an overview again about what your organization has been doing and how they impact the lives of survivors of human trafficking. Well, we've been, we've been up to a lot since I was last on your show. Um, the one thing about being a new new organization, and actually, we've been very lucky to have a lot of great support by community members and other uh, persons such as yourself, and so we've we've really taken off with great stride in the past year and a half. Um, so what we've we've kind of been up to with our programs is really developing them and branching them out, and really making sure that uh, our research is well on par and that we are able to offer really sustainable programs and and as you mentioned in your PSA our our two main program our main program is uh, our personal development and we also have a professional development program but really what ties the two together and what we've been working on really hard over the past year is our um division of research and evidence based program programming and what that really means is what we are doing besides just putting together workshops and and different aspects of those personal development programs and self-image um, empowerment workshops and so forth is we're conducting research to make sure that all the everything that we're doing with our programs really are sustainable. They're wanted and needed in the in the field that they are working. They and if something's been tried and tested by another organization, so looking at best practices that we're we're utilizing those and we're increasing what really is best practices out there for the uh the field and sharing those with everyone else. Um so we've been putting together a lot of a lot of research. We now have five researchers working on different um aspects of our programmatic work. And so we've been building up our workshops and we have now developed a number of um different workshops and different series that we're putting together and working to start doing with other organizations. Wow, that's great. And um, you you recently held an event as well. Um, I believe it was this month. Yes, we've been we've been very busy uh, outside of the uh, the research world as well. Um, besides doing all of our research and program development and all of our daily capacity building, we've been very lucky to be tied into a number of corporate organizations this year. And one of the most recent events we did was. Uh, this past weekend, we joined with all the other anti-trafficking organizations in our community through the uh, D.C. Walk to Stop Modern Slavery, mm-hmm. and that was hosted by the D.C. Stop Modern Slavery Community Group, and uh, all of everyone pretty much got together as an entire community um, for the walk, and the great thing about it was this was the second year that it was done, and it was twice as large as last year, um, and I know next year they're going to make it three times as large, if not more. And it was great to see them raise over $90,000 for the the anti-trafficking community right here in the greater D.C. area. So, and wow. And everyone come together and walk on the the National Mall. So we really enjoyed being a part of that. And, and I will have to say at our table, we it felt like we were there for for 10 hours to 5 minutes. I couldn't even figure out which one it was because we were nonstop busy talking to interested parties in the community. So to see that many people come out and really take an active approach to what was going on in the community and wanting to learn more was really, really great to see. So that was the most recent thing that we did, and that was this past Saturday. Um, but that's been only one of many things that's been keeping us busy. Um, as an individual organization, we've 
we've been grateful to be able to have partnered up and been asked to partner up with some corporates and other community areas. And that's one of the things we've really strived for is to really branch out and, and kind of show everybody what as an individual you can also do to learn and become more involved like everyone did this past weekend by learning more about the facts on human trafficking and learning how they as an individual can get involved, whether it was volunteering or donating items or so forth. But we've also been working really hard to show corporate companies and, and larger groups how they can get involved in the movement. And what has been one of the greatest things that we've had happen for our organization is the weekend before, uh, we were part of Acumen Solutions Race for a Cause. And what that was, it was an 8K race, um, and Acumen Solutions put that together, and they designated 12 different charities in the community to benefit from that race. Wow, that's great. Foundation. We were happy to be the one of the 12 selected charities, but we were also the only anti-trafficking um, charity within the race, so we were we were really honored to be to be that that organization and really spread the word on behalf of everyone. Um, so that that was really great, and that really shows what what corporates can do. They don't always, you know, there's not always something about just donate a big lump sum of money. I mean, of course, that helps, and, and I guarantee myself and all my counterparts out there will be happy to take it, and we'll put it to good use with our programs. But this really shows how you can get involved and take a more active approach. Um, and so what Acumen Solution did was you know, it was really great showing people and demonstrating how you can get involved with even more than one cause at one time as well. And just to make sure people understand what we're talking about, when we when we say human trafficking and modern-day slavery, give us some examples of things that occur that are going on right under our noses that we're just not aware of because we wouldn't know the signs and understand basically how people are drawn in or pulled into this type of um, slavery. Well, I think the one thing you need to remember when you're looking at the issue of human trafficking, modern-day slavery, is is how wide it is. I mean, as you mentioned in in the intro, that modern-day slavery is, is it's sex trafficking, it's forced labor, it's child soldiers, um, you know, it's a per, it's anybody who's held by force, fraud, or coercion. So th that really does cover a wide range. And while we have certain things that I think tend to pop into a lot of people's minds and, and others that don't come in at all, um, you know, there have been cases where people have have been trafficked to work. Um, I know cases that came out of Missouri one summer where they've been trafficked to work in an ice cream van. Hmm. Um, and you, you've, so some of the cases aren't always as stereotypical as they may seem. I know mm -hmm. I was on your your show uh, previously, and we di discussed a case of Shonda Bonner down in uh, North Carolina, mm -hmm. who was a, a child domestic victim of sex trafficking. And uh, people also need to remember that the average age of entry into prostitution in this country is 11 to, to 12, 13 years old. Um, so anybody in the United States under the age of 18 who has been forced into the commercial sex industry is a victim of human trafficking and modern-day slavery. But we're also mm. looking at child soldiers. We're looking at international forced labor. Um, you know, unfortunately, we don't have enough time to get into it all. Right, <laughs> right. As much as we would like to. But when we're looking at it on the U.S. scale, there's some 300,000 children in the United States that are at risk for commercial sexual exploitation each year. Um, there are some 300,000 child soldiers around the world that are as young as five years old, some of them. Um, it's estimated that there's about 17,500 foreign nationals that are trafficked into the United States each year. So we're looking at some really large numbers all across the, the board, and, and there's open trafficking cases in every every one of the 50 states. So we've we've got a lot of area to cover and a lot of work to do, and I think the, the biggest thing that everyone can do as an individual citizen, as you mentioned, you you did give out the human trafficking hotline, which is is one great first step that everyone could can learn and become more aware, um, looking to align with organizations such as Bridge to Freedom Foundation, joining community groups such as Stop Modern Slavery, um, just going in and finding resources and books um, online. You can find a number of we share a lot of information on our Facebook page and via the Bridge to Freedom newsletter just to to keep people informed on what's going on out there and other ways that they can get involved and learn more and updated news. Um, so there's a number of various ways that people um, can get involved, but 
you know, there's obviously a lot of indicators as well, and um, a lot of those can be found. I know Stop Modern Slavery has a lot of those listed on their website. They can find that on the um, on the Health and Human Services page for the the hotline, as well as Polaris Project, who runs that. You can find a lot of the information on our website for indicators as well. But if you see, some, you know, a couple of just to throw a couple of quick ones out there. Um, you know, there are a couple of signs. If anybody's in the commercial sex industry and has a, a pimp or a manager, um, if someone's unpaid or paid very little or only paid through tips, um, if someone's not free to, to leave as, as, they, as they wish and come and go freely, if someone doesn't have possession or control of their own documents, whether it be a passport or driver's license or so forth, um, if someone's not allowed to have breaks or has really unusual-looking restrictions in, in their workplace or seems to owe a large debt of money that they're unable to pay off no matter how much they work, and various mm-hmm. things like that can be indicators. Right, and some of the areas that you may find is that the average person would probably you know, be in contact with either just from um, working alongside someone like this or, um, for instance, domestic servitude, um, agriculture, um, someone who's working in a factory and um you know so there's all these other different areas but again we want to just emphasize that the experts would know better and you want to use that number to contact the proper authorities and we'll play you that some um, information again before um the end of the show but um Cassandra I don't know how much time you had with us today I'm sorry I don't know how much time you had with us today and um uh, did you want to also give your website and anything that you have up and coming? As uh, yeah, far as our web, I'll go ahead and give our website out, which we're going to have some new events that we'll be posting soon for the holidays. But that's uh, www.bridgetofreedomfoundation.org. Um, you can also find our links to Facebook and Twitter and uh, subscribe to our newsletter on there, which we can keep you up to date on all of our various events as well as news. And we are getting ready to launch a holiday raffle, so hopefully everybody can stay tuned to that. Oh, okay. (laughs) We are starting, we have one event listed up on our website right now, which we're trying to get kicking off the ground, which is our first annual golf tournament, which it seems far away. It's coming up in April, but we're um, getting everybody pre-registered, and we've got some pre-registration rates on the website if everybody wants to get in and uh, come out with us as soon as the weather gets nice and have some have some fun playing golf for a good cause. And one thing they'll notice if they go look at our our website, we were lucky enough this year to have Accelera Solutions host a golf tournament for us. And mm. and I will have to say something about events like that. As I said, another great way that people and organizations can get involved. We we raised a lot of money and had a lot of fun. And uh, you know it was pr- it was pretty easy on behalf of everyone to do. So we're looking forward to hosting our first annual golf tournament in April. Yeah, see, there's something for everyone. You know, you want to get involved, and if you play golf, you can just enter a tournament, you know, competitive, have some fun, and do something for a good cause at the same time. Exactly. And as we're approaching the holiday, you know, we are taking some other donations here. Um, A lot of the things we're really looking for at this moment is new personal care items and beauty items such as makeup and, uh, you know, face lotions and, and that type of hygiene um, we're looking for, you know, obviously we don't want anything used. We're looking for new items that we can package up and provide to our, our clients. And when we go out and do various workshops, we do health and nutrition workshops and positive body image. So we are looking for those type of new items as well as jewelry and accessories and perfumes and so forth that that we can pass along to the survivors that really make a great impact as well as uh, gift cards for eateries um, and clothing stores that, that the survivors can, can utilize and and obtain when they go through the programs. Yeah, that's great. And um, tell us and just emphasize how important it is for these people because of them being in the situation where they've been depressed and also um, not in control of their own lives for so long, how it's kind of important to be able to have these types of things to jumpstart them and feeling, you know, self-confidence and pride in themselves and their appearance again. Well, I mean, really, everybody comes to us is at a different place. So we really look mm-hmm. at each client um, as an individual and focus on their individual needs. So, you know, obviously, everybody's needs are a little bit different in where they're at. Um, and then when we do workshops, they are also to different populations. But, 
you know, our, our biggest mission is to, you know, the, the vision of our organization is to, to build this cohesive and sustainable movement and help victims as they transition out of oppression into a thriving life. So we want to ensure that all survivors are able to build the skills and resources they need to escape the cycle and attain the lives that they actually choose. So by going through our programs, um, you know, the biggest thing and the cornerstone and the core that we have, we're working on is, is helping them develop that and regain that self-worth and positive image. Um, and that allows us to move into all the other programs. And, and that's vital, and that comes at different stages for everybody. Um, and the key, you know, the key to us being able to work with them as an individual and show them the, the worth and get them to, to really feel it from internal and take that externally out to be able to access jobs and all of the life skills that we'll be helping them gain access to and other organizations as well. You know, by going through our personal development program and going through workshops that focus on health and nutrition and body image and and look at areas that some survivors may have, such as body dysmorphic disorder or other other needs like that, by addressing them and help them getting to that point, uh, we're really able, you know, obviously if nobody believes they're worth anything and, and I can give somebody line them up with 10, 20 interviews, and, and that's fantastic, and get them a resume all sorted out. But if, if no one believes, whether it's a survivor of human trafficking or not, that they're worth anything when they go to an interview or they believe they can do it, um, it's really hard to attain all of those things if you don't believe that you actually deserve them. So that that's really what we're working for here, um, to let them know that from internally, from themselves, that they do deserve it and that they can obtain it. And then we're just here to guide them along the way. But it, it's really about what they want. That's awesome. And, um, I mean, this is really good work, and it's an area where people really don't think about. And um, I, I'm just so happy that there are organizations out there that are really looking at helping people to repair their lives and get back on track because I can see that there is a lot of work to be done when you think about the types of lives that these people have led up until the point where they find themselves able to work themselves out. And um, I, I really appreciate Bridge to Freedom and other organizations like that out there. And um, I would just um, implore our listeners to, you know, find out more about um, human trafficking and about, you know, the statistics. Read up on it. There are a lot of different resources, as Cassandra mentioned, that you really need to educate yourselves and understand exactly what's going on and help these organizations to make a difference. And I tell you, Michael, we really appreciate you having us on again because, as, an, as I said, we're, you know, we're a new organization. We're a year and a half out, and you know, obviously we can't do everything all at one time, and, and we do have to build this step-by-step uh, step and and uh, being able to have this opportunity to let everybody know more about human trafficking and what we're doing as an organization really does help us build our capacity much faster so that we can help more survivors. And uh, and we're really pleased to know that since the last time we were on, we're, we've really taken a, another giant step and we're looking forward to the next one and really spreading out workshops. So another thing, if you do have any listeners out there that work for service providers uh, within the human trafficking community or associated work in health and human services, social services, that do know of a need for any of um, our workshops or have any survivors that would benefit from our individualized programs, to definitely have them contact us and, and see where we can fit together and have a bigger impact. Wow, that's great. Well, thank you again, and um, we will hear from you again real soon. And the next time that you have um, something going on, I will try my best. I would have been at the event this weekend, but it was my anniversary weekend, so well, <laughs> I had to take some well, time I think off. We understand, I, I think we understand your wife needs you to take some time off work there. <laughs> we know yeah. how much you work. <laughs> All right, we well. We appreciate you uh, having us on again, and I hope you had a good anniversary and weekend. Absolutely. And we we do look forward to the next time. All right. Well, thank you again. And uh, I'll go ahead and play that PSA again, and um, we will talk with you again next time. Okay, great. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I want to take a moment to talk to you about a heinous crime against humanity that plagues our nation and, yes, believe it or not, communities just like yours. 
Here's something you can do today to lend your support in the fight against human trafficking, also known as modern slavery. For example, Tanya was only 11 when she was forced to use her body for her own survival and the perverse desires of others. Now 18, Tanya knows no other life. She can't even remember when she was able to choose how she wanted to dress. Tanya dreams of being a teacher one day, and with the help of Bridge to Freedom programs and your support, they can empower her and others like her to move from surviving to thriving. You can make a huge difference in the life of a survivor this year through your support and donations to Bridge to Freedom Foundation. Bridge to Freedom is a nonprofit organization that provides aid to survivors of slavery who now live in the U.S., such as former child soldiers and victims of sex trafficking and forced labor. The cornerstone of Bridge to Freedom's work is personal and professional development to help survivors adapt and thrive in their new lives and communities and find work to support themselves. The Bridge to Freedom Foundation needs your support to help people just like Tanya. They need your urgent action to ensure that they can continue to provide clothing and health and beauty services to these survivors. These are not only important for rebuilding self-esteem, but are crucial to finding employment. They're also in great need of storage containers and clothing racks to organize and store donations. While donations of needed items are vital, one sure thing that will help to stop the spread of this injustice and prevent it from thriving undetected is educating yourselves about human trafficking or slavery and knowing the signs and the proper authorities to contact if you become aware of a victim in crisis. Find out more at bridgetofreedomfoundation.org or if you have a reason to suspect that someone may be a victim of human trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center hotline on 1-888-373-7888. Multilingual call specialists are on standby 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. All calls are confidential. Visual artist LaRonda Angelisa is a native of Nashville, Tennessee. She's been painting for over 16 years, and some of her private collectors include Grammy Award-winning Brian McKnight and Grammy Award winner Seal. LaRonda has a mission to create and inspire people all over the world with her spiritual paintings. LaRonda and Lalisa, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Thank you, Michael, so much. I really <laughs> appreciate being on your show. Well, you know, I, I wish I could have gotten you on sooner, but, you know, when I first saw your YouTube video of what you were doing, I was like, wow, I haven't seen this before. You know, I've seen performance art, but it really didn't have anything to do with actually painting a picture. Tell us how you, you got the idea to actually just play it with music and perform a painting. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I had seen it done before years ago. Uh, maybe 25 years ago, I saw an artist do it by the name of Leroy Neiman. And oh. I just w was amazed by how he just splattered paint on a canvas, and I was just blown away by it. So ever since I've seen that moment, it just stuck in my head, and I was just wanting to embrace it myself but doing it my own way. So it took years to actually get up there and do it, but once I did, you know, I just I just took it to another level for me. Wow. And um, when you started doing this, um, what was the response from your audiences? I mean, I'm sure this was something that they had not seen before. That amazes me still today because every time I do it, they're like, I've never seen it. And even though people do this, it's, it's not like, I guess, a uh, musician or a singer uh, it's so many of them, but it's not a lot of artists who do this, but it's been done. Mm -hmm. So now, we, we haven't really, um, you know, made our mark on the world yet. Now, <laughs> the funny thing about it, when when I understood what you were doing, I said, wow, this is this is tough stuff. First of all, you have to paint quick, quickly in mm -hmm. front of people. Artists are generally reclusive people. They like to, you know, get their environment right and, you know, get their, you know, their mood in order to be right. able to paint and, and pull out of themselves their their um, talent and their art. Mm -hmm. Now, 
you do this in front of people, and your paintings are so huge. <laughs> I know. <laughs> How are well, you able to do that? good part about it because your audience, you know, some of them may be far away from you, so you want mm-hmm. them to visualize what you're doing. So in order to do that, you have to do it big. Um, so now uh, I'm just able to do it, like I said, on another level. So people are touched by it. You know, they come up to me, they're like, oh, you made me cry, or um, something touches them, and that's what I want to do. That is my mission, to go out and just change the world and or one person. Yeah, and, you know, the painting itself, is it seems almost choreographed, but you, you say to yourself, you can't choreograph these painting, but it's almost like a liturgical dance as well. And so, <laughs> so where did that come from? Well, um, it is kind of like a regular performance because when I'm doing a solo performance, I'm I, I have rehearsed it. Of course, it's never going to be the way I rehearsed it, you know, in my private setting. But I I know what I'm going to paint when I'm doing a solo performance. So that helps because I've practiced it, you know, somewhat to know. Okay, I have to somewhat get this line over here but um when you're doing it live you just don't know what's going you know going to happen yeah and um i actually posted on facebook um one of your your paintings the obama painting that you did um so you've done this painting um several times do you sell your paintings at the end of the performance i try to um i i do have them for sale if you know, at the end of the performance, when I'm done, people always come up to me and they're like, how much is that? Or I want that. And, you know, they're sometimes just talking, but um, they are for sale. Oh, okay. Great, great. Now, how long does it take for you to paint one of these paintings that you do for your performance? Um, it usually takes anywhere from five minutes to about 12 minutes to do. Are you serious? Wow. <laughs> I thought I was watching something that was edited when I watched the YouTube video, and I just assumed it was a lot longer. Okay. Wow. And tell us how it was that um, Brian McKnight and um, Seal found your work. Well, you know, when people um, such as well-known artists come to town and you know somebody who knows somebody, uh, it was just kind of like that, people that i known before, you know, um, had me meet them. So I thought that was great. Wow. Yeah, and um, I want our listeners to go, you know, get a chance to actually look at your gallery. There's one at um, paintinglive.com, and um, you can just go there and take a look at some of these amazing works of art. Um, some of them are, are more abstract, and um, but they're very powerful. I love the colors. Um Tell us a little bit about your training and where did you learn to paint or did you just discover this on your own? I have always known how to draw. Uh, As a kid, I was always drawing and I knew that uh, I would want to one day paint. So I just picked up a paintbrush when I um, became a little older, a little more experienced. Uh, But I always knew how to draw as a kid. So I think it's important to have a mission to go into the school systems to keep art alive because so many people want to shut it down. And I think children love art. They they love it, and they love to see me perform, actually. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Because it's amazing because you actually want something, you know, a blank canvas come to life and, you know, something come out of nothing. And it's an amazing, you know, thing to watch because, you know, most artists, paint very methodically and, and, you know, they take their time to finish their pieces, but to see something come together so quickly, it's an amazing thing. Now, some of your other works that I'm looking at on your website, um, you don't paint that fast all the time, do you? No, I don't. Uh, Some paintings do take a month, two months, maybe three months. It depends on how much you can contribute to it each day or, you know, how many hours uh, you can paint. I usually like to paint in sessions of four to eight hours, um, so that helps 
to speed up the process. Wow. Now, so you're you're a full time painter then? No. Well, I can't say full time. I do work right now. Oh, okay. But I I do you know on my relaxed time I have to paint. Mhm. Oh, you have to paint. I like. I that. have to. Wow. So I feel like something... I'm missing something. Right. Think. Right. So so you're a painter. Um, what other talents do you have? We're going to talk about the poetry in a minute, but I I want to skip over that and see if there is anything else out there. <laughs> Unfortunately, I cannot sing. <laughs> Most people, they, they see me and they're like, oh, I bet you're a great singer. No, I'm not. I'm not great at all. But I do like to recite, and I do like to write poetry. So uh, mm-hmm. that's just another gift. And um, I'll I'll leave those two um, where they are. Oh, that's good. Well, you can't have all of God's gifts, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, how about gallery openings? Have you had any in the recent um, months? And um, are are you oh, going actually, to? Actually, have- I have a story to tell about my gallery opening. I had a gallery opening last year. Well, at the end of um, it was December, and. Uh, I decided that I wanted at least, you know, 10 other artists to help me to, um, you know, just to allow their work to be seen as well. So in the middle of our first hour, we had some robbers come in, and, you know, they just took over the show. We had, you know, these guys came in with guns and bandanas, and it was just crazy. And Where was this? In Tennessee? Yes. Oh my gosh. I know. I know. So, you know, the uh, my gallery opening didn't go quite as I expected it to. What happened? Thing, did they did they well, steal or damage anything? Well, or? the thing is, um they came in and they they wanted something fast, you know, so they asked everybody to lay down on the floor. You know, lie down, get just get down. And we we're looking at them because we couldn't really comprehend what they were saying. So we're just looking at them. They're like, get down. So everybody, you know, finally got down, and they just started grabbing what they could. I think they wanted to get in get out quick. They didn't really take any art. They did shoot. However, one time before they left, one guy shot, and uh, he um, the bullet went through the wall, bounced off the floor, ricocheted up, hit one of my paintings, uh, tore a hole in one of my paintings, and the bullet just kind of fell where we were lying down. Wow. I know. Wow. That is crazy. That was surrealism at its best. Wow. You have to post a picture of that painting. Do you still have it? (laughs) I have it. It's actually of um, Stanley Jordan, um, and I actually had a live performance with him. You know, that's how the painting uh, came about, from a live performance. But I have since, you know, covered up the the tear. Oh, okay. And, and so you performed with Stanley Jordan? Mm-hmm. So you did your um, your performance art as an opening for one of his shows? Um, yeah, well, he had a show here, and um, he was the guest um, musician, and I was the guest visual artist. Wow. And I just kind of performed while he was playing. Wow. And that's usually how my performances go with a live band. I have painted with a lot of well-known musicians, and I'm just so happy and proud about Name that. Name a few. Because, go ahead uh, and tell Roy, Okay, Roy Ayers. Wow. <laughs> um, After Seven. Uh-huh. Um, Boney James. Wow. Uh, I've painted well uh, at a festival with Al Jarreau and. Um, wow. Kirk Whalem and all them were playing, and it's it's a bit amazing. I I love performing. I just I love it. Wow, that that's great, and and I'm sure that that's something that they've never had before at one of their performances either. So it's something unique for them. A lot nice. of them say that. that yeah. Again, they're like, I've never seen this before, and it's just so um, the world is just so huge that you know we can't 
even imagine how an artist can come along, you know, like a singer, and start doing this because it's just it's not done enough. Hmm. Wow. That's amazing. So, have you been performing your poetry as well? I do. I perform it, and I uh, actually perform it with a very talented piano player. Um, He's just really good, and he's performed with some uh, well-known musicians as well. Uh, So we came together. And And what is his name? His name is Lester Givens. Mm -hmm. And he's just really talented. I love the way he flows, and he just, you know, he mellows me out. So it's really good. It's it's a it's a two way street. Wow. Well, we're gonna go ahead and, and we're gonna give a quick listen to um one of your poetry pieces and um tell us a little bit about this and um I, I guess it was written sometime after nine eleven. But um yeah. give us a little intro into this. Okay. Actually this was really one of the first poems that I did write. Um and I just embraced it about the events that happened. And I just thought it was um, tragic, but it was a story that just needed to be told. And I, I'm just I'm saddened by it because this is the world we live in. And unfortunately, uh, you know, we just have to deal with stuff like this. But uh, this poem is entitled Twin Towers, and it is based on what happened on uh, 9-11. Okay, on a measure of truth, here it is, Twin Towers, LaRonda Angelisa. Twin Towers, the city of dreams. Fortune and fame. Early morning trades and evening Broadway plays. An array of sunlight beaming off the Hudson River. Buildings destined exactly alike, like a reflection in a mirror. This is the city where pedestrians cross the street. This is where corporate America meets. Their hair neatly combed in place, their makeup pampered upon their face. Designer suits with a matching purse, shoelaces tied where others just live their toes in first. We reach for an early morning bagel, slightly spread with cream. The sounds of laughter, then suddenly sounds of scream. There is no real warning, so there is no time to heed. Feet trying not to panic, the sound of dangling keys. Go this way, no that way, just get me to the stairway, please. So many souls destined to die. For so many citizens, the ending of time. There was a time when we wouldn't ask the question why, but my parents could have been trapped inside, or my child could have been working in the North Tower. Horrendous sounds of aching sirens. Hundreds perish as they're dispatched to the scene. Terrorism against our nation. Damn that mean. Civilization as we knew it will never be the same. They say when one twin dies, the other feels their pain. Perhaps that's why the building spelled in such a catastrophic way. The city of dreams. Fortune and fame. Early morning trades and evening Broadway plays. An array of sunlight still beaming off the Hudson River. Two buildings shattered like a broken mirror. A broken mirror. Wow. Oh, yeah, that was the moment I was having. Wow. But that that poem, it, it just it signifies.
signified, you know, how life was and how people uh, woke up that morning not, you know, really prepared to die, but they did. And, again, this is, is sad, but it's terrorism. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, I like the, the tone of the poem and the drama and um, how it starts talking about the day, you know. It was a, a beautiful very, day. Yeah, it was, beautiful day up until the events that occurred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now, where have you had the opportunity to perform this poem? Here, locally, I've performed it. Um, I've done a couple of shows here. Uh, where I do poetry and painting, and um, I was glad to have my piano player with me uh, last year when we did a, a show. And I would like to do this everywhere. There's no place uh, in the world probably that I wouldn't want to really um, travel and and just paint and recite and mm. you know wow. just change the world. Yeah, yeah. So have you? Um... Have you made a, a an album or a CD or a recording of some I'm sort? I'm working of- on a CD project right now uh, entitled Your Life's Purpose, and it was actually inspired by the book that Ed Hart uh, Tully wrote, um, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose. Mm. And uh, it it just it moved me. Uh, so I do ha- I have a poem. I, was, I need something very strong uh, to be the title. And everybody, I believe, has a purpose in their life to to do something, to be somebody, to mm-hmm. change somebody in this world. Because we all, you know, we, we have to do it together. We can't do it by ourselves. Right, right. And it's interesting. My my pastor just preached about this on Sunday, and um, he pretty much said that um, our purpose is to, to be a blessing to others. Our purpose isn't about us receiving happiness. It's about us reaching out to people and blessing them. Mm-hmm. We have to give back. We have to. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what I'm going to do, do you happen to have anything prepared for us live to do as a poetry reading? Um, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I, I could take a quick break and give you a few minutes and we could come back. Fine. I'll try to do your life purpose. Uh, usually, I do it with music, but I can try to remember it without it. Oh, you mean you don't even have it written down? You could just pull it out of your head. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on BlogTalkRadio.com. I want to take a quick minute to talk to you about Young Lives DC 34. Young Lives is a unique, cutting-edge, nonprofit Christian organization designed to empower and equip pregnant and parenting teen moms to become productive citizens in the community, a program that partners teens and mature Christian women to provide teen girls in crisis with timely encouragement, guidance, and ongoing support. Through the power of presence, kids and teens' lives are dramatically impacted when caring adults come alongside them sharing God's love. Because someone believes in them, they begin to see that their lives have great worth, meaning, and purpose. This is just the first step in a lifelong journey. The choices they make today based on God's love for them will impact their future decisions, the careers they choose, the marriages they form, and the families they raise. And all of this can be traced back to the time when a young life leader reached out and entered their world. For more information or to get involved, check out their webpage at www.younglives.younglife.org. Or if you're in the D.C. metropolitan area, call 202-399-7017. Welcome back, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and we're on with LaRonda Angelisa. LaRonda, are you ready to go ahead and bless us with your poetry? <laughs> I will try, Michael. I will try. <laughs> okay. Very good. <clears throat> Let me get my uh, speaking voice ready. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this poem uh, is entitled Your Life's Purpose. And, again, I usually do it with music, so um, it starts off kind of slow, and then I go into the rhythm. Hope. Promises, 
dreams, trust, succeed. What lies beneath your surface, a thousand miles deep, a dreamer will reveal what he actually perceives, what he believes to indulge in emotions occurring during sleep. But awakening to your life's purpose is discovering your needs, defining who you really are, your reality, finding your strength, your inner peace, living in your presence, your essence. These are your life's lessons, creating your own perception of what others thought they knew, the light now shining through you, rising above your limits, finding your deepest truth. Relatively speaking, is anything absolute? When beauty fades, who appreciates attributes? Some will live a lifetime, not ever having a clue, never reaching their full potential because they're watching what others won't do. Not exploring who they really are, some settling for abuse. Always whining and complaining, never embracing our youth. Growing old with resentment, spreading lies, never telling the truth. Hiding behind an addiction because they feel what's the use. But awakening to your life's purpose is discovering your needs. Getting your house in order, because nothing in life is ever guaranteed. Don't you know your ego thrives from its emotional state, constantly feeding off the energy it emulates? So keep influencing others without the criticism. Beware of your own dysfunctions, your ways, your discipline. Embrace every moment. Find a sense of transformation. Shake hands with your enemy, form a spiritual reconciliation. Stop indulging in nonsense. Find the value of what you're worth. Like the marvelous planets in the sky, align yourself with the universe. By all means, put God first. Understand your core existence by inheriting a piece of this earth. By awakening to your life's purpose by discovering your needs, defining who you really are, your reality. Ladies and gentlemen, your life's purpose is your reason for being. Your life's purpose. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. He just Ooh. went ahead and brought the power. <laughs> that was awesome. Wow, wow. You know, I, I, I really love um, poetry and the spoken word, and um, I've actually been trying to um, round up some some poets and um, do a, a, a show called um, Straight Wisdom, No Chaser, mm-hmm. with um, poets and spoken word artists, and um, I definitely have you down on the list. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You know? You know, and poetry is an art form. I mean, it's funny how it, it, some people who love um, other versions of poetry, like rap, don't look back and understand, you know, the source of where this all comes from, you know, and um, really appreciate um, the spoken word, poetry, and literature, everything, and its true form and um, instead of the offshoots of them. And... Um, yeah, that's, words that's, are very powerful. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's funny because you have a you have a do- a totally different persona when you're just talking, but when you're speaking <laughs> the words that you've written, you know, they have a life of their own, and that's just amazing. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I try to have some type of meaning to my life. <laughs> I try to, you know, because some people see me, they're like, oh. My sister, it for example, she's like, "Oh, you're a different person when you're on stage." <laughs> she said, "That's that's a good twin." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and, you know, and that is something different. And, you know, when you step into your life's purpose, um, there, there is a change in you as well. Um, when you connect and you click on to the things that um, are really meaningful and that you have a true passion for, it, it changes you because um, it's almost like turning up, turning on a water faucet and then turning it all the way on. Because, you, you know, once it gets open, it just, it just gushes out of you, and it's just um, it's an amazing thing. I, I watch this with talented people all the time, and it's something I really appreciate. It's not only their performance, but them transitioning, them becoming mm-hmm. as well. So, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my, my producer, Donna Hardiman, who's just the best producer in the world, is telling me and reminding me that I need to <laughs> say happy birthday. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> put it out there. Wow. I know, but you know, <laughs> I have to because when they see my kids, they're like, oh my God, they look older than you do. <laughs> really? Wow. How old are your kids? They're 25 and 23. No way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Really? Okay. Wow. That yeah. is amazing. So your birthday is this Thursday and... Um, it is. Yeah. Well, I hope and I you- will be... 45, yes, I'm putting it out there. There's nothing to hide. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go LaRonda. <laughs> yes, you know, we, we get better with age, so they say. Yeah, there you go. When was this photo taken of you? Oh, that's probably a couple of years. Oh, the one you put up, the one yeah. that I sent. Yeah, well. You know, a couple of years. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, you still look the same. I've seen photos. Yeah. Of you, so. Yeah, I, I still relatively look the same. Oh, that's good. That's good. And um, oh, I see now the titles of some of the um your paintings. Wow. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you which one is my favorite, and you just happen to put it at the top anyway. But it's <laughs> thought, thought, and reflection. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorites too. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I I love it because it just it takes you back. It has a lot of faces in it and it's um the thoughts of now and yesterday and tomorrow and uh just and the people in the painting are actually sharing one mind. So if you look at it, they're sharing that mind together. Mm. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Oh, that's interesting. And um, we are running out of time. What we only have two minutes left. <laughs> oh man! But uh, I, I really want to thank you for coming on, Laronda, and um, well, we you. definitely plan to have you on again in the near future. And um, really appreciate you coming by and sharing your your art and your poetry. I want to say special thanks to our producer Donna Hardiman. Yes, I'm Michael you, Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you.